Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. On this episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast, we talk to Robin Lynn Fredericks. Robin has worn many hats in her life, from a model to an actress to film producer to nutritionist. She wears all of those hats very well. And today, we hone in on nutrition, a deep dive, and oh, wow, does she deliver. We learn what a microbiome is, as well as epigenetics in that field of study. She's board certified and is a dear friend of mine. Tune in to learn yet a little more about nutrition and our circadian rhythms. I learned a lot today, and I hope you do too. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome, Robin. I appreciate you coming on my podcast. I know you've had a very busy week, but I do appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me today. And just, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Like I told you before we got on, it's like, whatever happens, happens. I don't. Yeah, exactly. How are you? I am good. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is this is great. Yeah. Have you done podcasts before as a guest? I have done lots of them. Yes. Good. So this is yeah, sometimes I get some people who haven't done it before. So you never know. And I love it. It's a lot of fun. And I like talking to people. So as you know, exactly, exactly. I mean, from the day we met out in LA at a Starbucks, I think it was a Starbucks. I met you and I your think husband. So. Yeah. 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 That was, um, yeah, I think you saw that picture. It just popped up in my Facebook memory of when we went to the, the screening of one of the movies that you were helping or you were connected to somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Henderson was an executive producer of a movie and we, you just, Tagged along and I loved it. It made me happy. Yeah, that was fun. That was I fun. agree. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Kind of give me your backstory. You know, like who, why are, why are you where you're at right now? I mean, I kind of want to know all of, all of that stuff and my listeners do too, because that's why. Okay. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, it really all started back in the 90s. And um, I've always had an interest in health. My mother brought me up on vitamins and all that good kind of stuff. So I was always interested in health. But then um, in the early 90s, my friend's dad, actually it was my boyfriend at the time, his dad was going through cancer. And his dad and I were very close. And in conversations, his dad was like, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Um, I don't feel like my prayers are reaching beyond the ceiling. And, you know, it's, you say all of the things that, you know, we know to say of, you know, the, the niceties, as I put it and trying to make them feel better. But, you know, I was in my, my early to mid twenties. I didn't have any answers and I got out in my car and I was so mad because I'm, I'm a strong person of faith. I believe in God. I've read the Bible. And so I decided, okay, okay, God, you and I need to have a chit chat because I don't understand this. And I've read the Bible from cover to cover and nowhere does it say that you ever had cancer yet were made in your image. 
So you need to start showing me something. And I was like, I was truly passionately mad, Um, not at God, but mad at the situation and mad that I didn't have answers. And I just felt like this is not right. I don't like this thing called cancer that's gotten inside of this man's body, you know? So I kind of left it at that. You know, I cried a little bit on my way home and I kind of left it. And I was at a business meeting like two days later. And this girl just walks up to me, never met her, have no idea who she was at the time. And she was just like, so I'm part of the American Cancer Society and there's a young professional group. It's a fundraising group, but you should come to one of the meetings. And I'm just like, you know, my schedule is really full and my social life is really full and things, but no, you know. And so then later that evening, I was at the grocery store. And some random person just walks up to me and says, I'm with the American Cancer Society and we have a young professional group and you should come. So I had three days of strangers approaching me. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the old V8 commercials where it's like, duh, you know, (laughs) I was like, okay, I asked for answers and obviously you're trying to tell me something. So I went and you know, it was, a, it was a party. It was a social event, you know, but everyone was like, oh, you need to join this. And so I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll come be a part of this and see what it's about. And within just a few months, they're getting ready to have board elections. And I don't know if you know anything about charitable boards, but usually you have to be with that charity for years before you get invited on the board. And so the president approached me and he was like, I know this is very highly unusual, but we would like you to sit on the board. And I'm just like, okay. And so I was on the board, you know, within six months of joining this group, still really had no clue what they were about. Um, My very first board meeting, and this is where it all comes down to, My first board meeting was held in their main office in Fort Lauderdale. And I walk in there and this woman who works there approaches me and she's got a key in her hand. And she's like, I don't really know why I'm doing this, but I feel compelled to give you this key. And I know you've got a meeting right now, but afterwards, this key goes to that room And behind that door is every piece of research that the American Cancer Society has ever done on nutrition. And we don't usually open this door up to people. And if you ever tell somebody it was me, I will deny it. But go in there, spend all day in there. Um, If there's multiples of anything, take it. You know, you're welcome to it. And then just drop the key off on your way out. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. And um, so I asked the board members, I'm like, does anybody know anything about this room? They're like, no, we've never even heard of this room. And they've been members for years. So I went in there after the meeting, I went in there and I spent, oh my gosh, probably six, seven hours in that room going through everything. And the majority of what I found was how cancer was connected to diet and lifestyle. And that blew my mind because at that point in time, that wasn't really being talked about, you know, that didn't start getting discussed until a little bit later. I mean, maybe by some holistic people, you know, but as far as mainstream Mainstream, media, no, no, you know, 
I was, it was unheard of. And so that kind of started the whole nutrition path for me. And, right. um, a little bit later, a couple of years later, uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer and at that one, she had asked me to read some information about fasting and this went beyond the normal nutrition that I was learning and, you know, consulting people on. Um, I had just done like a basic nutrition certification kind of thing. And, um, she wanted me to look into fasting and some holistic stuff. And so I, I did, and, um, started stumbling into alternative medicine and she was going to a, an appointment at her doctor's office. And so I brought this magazine in with me because I wanted to talk to the doctor about just a diet to go with chemo. I wasn't saying, Hey, I want to take her off of this stuff and just go radical. You know, it was like, let's give her a diet so that her, her body can fight chemo and use the good and get rid of the bad. Right. And um, so I walk in there and he looks at my magazine and he starts laughing and he literally patted me on the head in front of my parents. I was 30, 30 at that time. He patted me yeah. on the head and he said, aren't you a cute little girl? Why don't you go over there and sit down and let me and your, your parents talk? And I'm like, Okay. Um, so that propelled me instead of, instead of irritating me and frustrating me, it propelled me into the holistic arena. And, um, mm -hmm. I went, you know, fully on board, went, got multiple certifications. Um, unfortunately my mother did not make it, but I continued on and opened up a wellness center, North Carolina, mm -hmm. um, worked the holistic realm, iridology, aromatherapy, all kinds of different modalities. And, um, that led up to the, the early two thousands when I decided I needed a break because FDA was coming down hard and strong against holistic people. And I just kind of took a break for a little while and started pursuing other passions, which is where I met you. And as right. I got into acting and producing and, um, where I can see now that's been an awesome, awesome road because it's gotten me used to being in front of the camera. It's gotten me used to speaking in front of people. And eventually I would like to produce a show on, on aging and longevity and nutrition. So I think all of that was totally meant to be. Um, now here with COVID, just before COVID hit, I was actually pre preparing to um, produce another project. I was doing a couple of little small mini talk shows for social media building mm -hmm. up all of that. And, um, I was shopping for a script and then there was the lockdown. Everybody, the whole industry shut down. I was watching friends and their parents get sick and pass away. Um, I know several mm -hmm. people who passed away and I was just like, my heart was broken. And I'm like, I know too much to just sit here and twiddle my fingers until my industry opens back up. So I threw myself back into nutrition and longevity and increasing health span. And I could not be more thrilled that I am back on this path because I know it's where I belong. Along. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of is interesting about you. It's why I find you fascinating. It's obviously why I want you on this podcast is because you do have, I mean, you've done modeling too back in the day. And right. you've done the acting, you've done the nutrition. I and I personally think all of those things go hand in hand. Just oh yeah, absolutely. Because the healthier you are, the better you can be in front of camera. The better you could be as as a model. 
and you have a, you know, better lifestyle, you're getting, you know, all of these things all are not, I don't know, silos. They all blend together to me. And you're a, a really good example of how it's blended very well together to be, you know, something not just, not a nutrition expert, but you're also producer, but you also act and also model, but you also are a spokesperson. And doing all those things, you've blended that really well. Has that always come naturally to you? Well, thank you very much for saying that. After after my 56th birthday celebration yesterday, that really makes me feel good. Thank you. Um, no, no, it's not always come easy. And, you know, going through mid-age and I went through a horrible divorce, you know, there were definitely times where I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? You know, knowing that there was something else there, but not being able to tap into it. And that took a lot of soul searching. And it took a lot of, you know, the old saying, taking the spaghetti and throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. You know, I definitely went there and I pursued any passion that came my way. And, you know, I've always been a big believer that age does not define you. And I don't think it's ever too late to pursue a new passion or pursue a new dream. And, you know, that's another part of this whole entire thing is, you know, being able to go after what you want to and not thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s. And so life is over for me. You know, no, it's just beginning. (laughs) Well, I agree with you there because I I'm doing a big reset myself and Sometimes I think I'm in the sunset years, but then I, other times I think, no, I'm not. I, it's all beginning, and it's hard sometimes because you do look at yourself in the mirror. And, you know, you just had a birthday. Mine will be, you know, I'm maybe, what is it, 11 or 12 months older than you. So, And also, I'm my listeners can't see you, but they will in the, in the promos. But, dude, you do not look 56. Thank you. You're, you're just, you know, you're very, not just looks wise, but your attitude, you're very vibrant. You have so much energy. And I'm sure you attribute that to the nutrition that Absolutely. you go and you do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I will say, you know, when I was going through my first marriage and it was, it was a horrible, horrible situation and very Jekyll and Hyde situation. Um, He was somebody completely different than he was, you know, before marriage. And it was very stressful for me between that and having a wellness center um, working 24 seven, it felt like, and, you know, I started seeing an acupuncturist for, you know, trying to get some help with just relaxation because I was having a hard time. Um, You know, I did yoga, but my yoga was very intense. And so I needed to find other ways to just kind of, you know, just drop it down a notch. And so I started going through some acupuncture and shiatsu, which if you've never tried shiatsu, you really have to do it. It's amazing. Um, But, you know, he was looking at me, he's like, you know, the way that your body is responding to the stress, I can contribute it only to your diet and lifestyle. He's like the average person would probably be having a nervous breakdown right now. And he's like, you're just, you're just going on like nothing's happening. And he's like, that is 100% your diet and lifestyle. And, you know, it's 
didn't make it easier in some ways mentally, but at the same time it did because it gave me the energy to continue on. It gave me the ability to find sunshine in the next day. Um, That is, you know, we know now that our mental outlook is just as important as every single bite of food you put in your mouth. Every thought matters. (laughs) Mm-hmm. absolutely and it's the story that and going through all of that going through the what i call contrast because going through that it is your the story you tell yourself you know and i realized that i you know i reset moved to tech back to texas and got a job at walmart and the stories i was telling myself i didn't realize how bad those stories were until i left there and all of a sudden, those stories just went away. I mean, they were yeah. gone. Which yeah. is why it was weird that I was, and that's, you know, vitamins and exercise and a good nutrition from whole foods and healthy foods and just, you know, that's good. But you're I'm telling you, you could change your thoughts, you could change your world. And that was a, my dad, Absolutely. when I was a kid, gave me the power of positive thinking from Norman Vincent Peale. And uh-huh. that was one of his things was change your thoughts, change your world. Right. And that's always stuck with me since I was a kid. Since I, and I had so much stress as a child. I'm surprised I didn't latch onto that stronger. But your mental fortitude got you through that. But your diet and nutrition is, was a huge factor. Right. It's definitely, you know, in in my opinion, I feel it's, you know, what I always tell everybody is I liken it to a jigsaw puzzle and every single piece comes together to make the whole picture. A single piece is never the answer. It's got to be all of these pieces put together. You know, you see people out there who, you know, have these perfect diets, yet they still have, you know, mental anguish. They have physical problems, they have injuries, they have uh, things that are happening to them. And on the reverse, you see people who motivate, they meditate every single day, and they're very positive in their outlook, but yet they're overweight and dying of cancer. You know, so it's like, you've got to have all of these pieces that you're working on, and not that any of them have to be 100%. And that's the key, you know, because if you have everything like, 50% here, 75% here, and all of these little pieces are working together. They're helping each other. They're supporting each other. If everything has to be at 100%, I mean, let's be honest, who's perfect? I'm not. Right, right. And if perfection was that goal, we would all fail it and give up. Because when you talk about all those puzzle pieces, how do you not get overwhelmed by managing all those puzzle pieces from meditation to, you know, getting enough vegetables every day to getting enough vitamin D outside and getting some exercise and then also managing your thoughts? And how do you not get overwhelmed by all of that? I know, right? It's a lot. (laughs) You know, it's taking taking one day at a time and realizing that again, perfection is not the goal and don't put that stress on you. You know, stress, stress is what kills you. Um, You know, taking it, like I said, one single day at a time, 
one approach or puzzle piece at a time until it becomes a part of you. You know, you, you've got to look at the food as, you know, this is the food that I want. So I no longer have to think about it. It's just an automatic for me or being proactive with your thoughts. Once you get to that place where, you know, you no longer think of the negative, like, oh, I'm going to go outside today and I'm going to get hit by a car. You know, as soon as you stop thinking that and you start thinking, I'm going to go outside today and I'm going to get vitamin C and I'm going to see some friends and it's going to be a great day. That becomes automatic. So it's like one piece at a time. And interestingly, and this goes so well with your show, Kelly, um, epigenetically, of course, which our epigenetics is how our genes are expressed, right? Okay. So, so let's say your grandfather died of heart disease and you may have that gene in your body. We now know that that is a very small percentage chance that you'll ever get it, even though that gene is in you because of how your genes are being expressed via epigenetics. Now, what they're finding in epigenetics, and this is the exciting part for me, is that perception is stronger than reality. Crazy, right? So all of this time of, you know, the positive thinking and, you know, all of the things that we were taught with Norman Vincent Peale and and all of these other great people who have gone before us, we know why now scientifically that as the brain begins to believe the way something is, it sends a code to your cell and your cell builds a blueprint for what the brain is thinking. And it's got to be, the brain has to be convinced of this. So it's, you know, we go from like, you know, it has to go from the brain to the heart. You know, just meaning that you have to believe it. But once it does, it sends that message. It sends that code to the cells. The cells begin to make a blueprint. And then it sends it out to the entire body of, this is what's happening, guys. Let's do this. You know, so it's it's amazing what the thoughts can do. Oh, I agree with you 100%. And You and I both know, especially in the entertainment business, we know a bunch of people with crippling anxiety and, you know, and there's, you know, they're very holistic. They, you know, journal and they meditate and they do all the right things, but they still have the anxiety and they reach for, you know, something. And I just think it's, you know, one of the best things that I ever did was I went to a workshop in LA with this lady and she did a meditation that was over an hour long, but felt like five minutes. Yeah. And she taught us that anytime a thought came into your brain while you were meditating, that wasn't good for you. Just put it in a balloon and let it fly away. Oh, I like that. So the people with anxiety, it's, a little bit of that, but as you said, and I agree with you 110%, that's got, you have to practice that first. Cause right. the first time you do it, it's not going to be easy. No, so, not at all. Nope. And that little but balloon's going to pop and come right back down to you. So you right. got to yeah. send it up over and over and over again. You do have to do that. And sometimes it is over and over again. Cause like I, 
when I get into my meditation, sometimes I'm floating down this river and I want it to be nice and calm, but I'm, I'm always holding on to a branch. And it's, so I'm just trying to, Oh, I have to do that over and over again until I you know, let go of the branch and start floating. Yeah. Cause it's not a, the first time that's going to work. It's just, right. just like those cells that you call, said it epigenetics, right? Uh-huh. You got to do a little bit over and over for those cells to actually get the programming right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, bringing in those other puzzle pieces in. So the yeah. cells are saying, okay, this is our blueprint, but now we need some gas. Yeah. You know, exactly. we need, we need the fuel to make this happen. So that's where the food and the lifestyle, the exercise or fitness level start coming in. And not that you have to be a marathon worker or worker, a marathon runner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marathons are work, you know, come on. But no, it's it's movement. It's all about movement and getting that movement in every single day, whether, you know, I'll be in the kitchen cooking dinner and my dog will look at me and I'll just start dancing away and dancing for the dog, you know, and, you know. It's, it's all about just getting out there and moving those feet. Moving those feet, connecting to the earth and just getting those cells yes. moving, getting your, your heart rate going just a little bit every day. And then once you start doing that, and then that's when those cells start to regenerate and actually gen- regenerate into something more positive for you. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I've never heard of epigenetics until you said this on my podcast. So that's <laughs> good. And I wrote it down because it's like, I got to look that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot out there on it. There is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always wondered about that because, you know, you go into the doctor's office and they always ask you, do you have heart problems in your family? I'm like, no, nobody's had a heart attack. But then I have to stop myself. Go, well, my dad had a stroke. So yeah, I kind of, you know, you got to think about that, but then you also have to think that's one tenth of one percent kind of thing. As a yeah. and that's where your thoughts do truly matter. To, it does. I don't go around worrying about that kind of stuff. I just don't. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever, when you were a kid, and I'm going to tell on myself when I was like, you know, six years old, seven years old, and you had a test going on, or you had, you know, maybe there was somebody at school you didn't like and you didn't want to see him, and so. You, you know, you tried to convince your mom you were sick and you would just lay there like, oh, I don't feel good, mom. And, right. you know, eventually after about an hour of trying to convince her, suddenly you don't feel very good, you know, because you're putting on the face and the actions and, you know, a little acting going on and your body begins to believe that this is real. Yep. Perception. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I have a book that and it's within out of my reach of my computer, but uh, that talks about your emotions and your emotions being triggers for your illnesses. Yeah. And it really talks about different types of things like, you know, one of my uh, struggles is with money and if I'm in a bad place with that, my back, lower back acts up. And then mm. he talks about this in this book. And it's just, it's more of a reference book. It's not one of those, you get to the end of it and all of a sudden you're cured because it's not like that. It just, it's more of a guidebook to where you just go flip through the pages and go, oh, this is happening and read a few pages. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. 
Uh-huh. And that's how our our body does. You are sending those neurons down to your cells. Yes. On various things and those various things can, you know, trigger illnesses within yourself. Absolutely. And there's when I was in, out in LA, I went to a a practitioner that practiced NRT, I can't remember what it stands for, but it basically is energy, it's kind of energy healing where it was a holistic, organic kind of, she'd read the energy, but then she would also prescribe organic type of remedies for whatever was going on. Right. And those places, you know, that's a big burgeoning kind of feel right now. And it kind of co coincides with your epigenetics because it's, a little bit of you just telling yourself, hey, okay, that's what's going on. Okay, good. Hi, cells. You know, and I do that all the time now. I'm like, all right, right. you don't feel good? Okay, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Exactly. That's what exactly. I do. Exactly. And some that's... people think I'm weird, but I'm like, I don't, that's what I do. <laughs> Kelly, I have, I call my microbiome because we've got microbiome all over our entire body, right? Okay. And we have more microbiome than we have cells. So we know we have three, three trillion cells in our body, give or take. Right. We have, they're, they're saying that they, they think we have 30 trillion of these little bugs crawling all, all around us. It's, it's on our outside, our inside. And these little guys are what keeps us healthy. These these guys are the basis of our immune system, our the serotonin, yes. everything, all of this going on. So I have named them. For short, I call them Mikey. And so every morning I talk to Mikey and I talk to myself. So I hear you. And I, I believe it's important that we learn how to communicate with our body because our body is a living organism. Yes. And we have to be able to work in harmony and in partnership with our body, find out every day, where am I at? What food do I need today? You know, I'll actually, I'll, I'll look in the refrigerator and say, okay, Mikey, what do you want to eat? You know, <laughs> and great. yes, great. absolutely. And, you know, I have my clients, they kind of snicker at me when I first say, you know, to do things like that. But then after a while, they're like, you know, I just started listening to my cravings and it's like, that's, that's all you're really doing because some days our body needs to detoxify. And then other days, our muscles need some building. It needs that protein coming in. Sure, so we sure. need to figure that out and go with the flow of what our bodies are telling us. It's when, you know, and there's so many people out there doing it when you try to fight with your body and say, no body, I want you to do it this way. This is what we're going to do. Oh. And there are plenty of supplements, plenty of foods, plenty of ways For of sure. eating that can trick the body into doing what you want it to do. But the mm -hmm. problem with that is you're putting stress upon stress upon stress. And eventually the body is going to be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. Right. Yeah, I, and that's true because you're, and I'm just like running this through my head because I agree with you that our bodies do tend to do that to where our minds are doing it to our bodies, actually. Yeah. It's not the other way around because that perception versus reality, like the, being the, the kid who's had a cold, didn't want to go to school, 
the more you do that, the more you perpetuate the sickness. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. How many, I mean, dipping back into, you know, our entertainment industry that we both have that past that we have our foot in there. How many actors do you know that got so deep into a role that it completely screwed them up? Yes. And we know, yeah, the method acting, you know, getting totally deep into the character. If you're playing a homeless person, you actually go and live as a homeless person just so you get, you know, and whichever way, but yeah, we, I've seen it so much and people changing body weights and body styles just to manipulate their body into being a character. I can't imagine that can be too healthy, but no. that's, unless they're actually healthy to start with and they've got a good diet and exercise and mind you, the A-listers probably have their own chefs and all exactly. that. Exactly. But, exactly. but it's still very stressful on the body to go up and down and wait. Um, yes. That's, that's very stressful on the body. I would say so too. And I always worried about that because, of, you know, but now they have CG, you know, the CGI kind of stuff. So that's, you know, they mm-hmm. can make people like that. I don't know, that Scorsese film, The Irishman, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, they never changed him, but they like they made Joe Pesci look really, really old when he wasn't old. And they made him look young when he wasn't young, but that wasn't, you know, that was all graphics. That wasn't anything else. So the technology is there for them not to have to do, to manipulate their bodies to become something that they're not, which is good. Yeah. 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 Are you coaching people now on this type of nutrition? And that's what I'm hearing. Right. Um, yeah, I'm board certified as a holistic health practitioner and um, integrative functional nutrition certificate. And I'm continuously working on many, many others. One of my big focuses is on fasting. And um, I'm working on an upcoming book called Be Ageless for Life, which is the same as my company. And that yep. will include fasting as well as a lot of those other puzzle pieces that we talked about. Um, bringing it all together to help increase health span. And the difference between health span and lifespan is just basically living out your life healthy because lifespan, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't really want to live to be a hundred years old, but then have the last 10, 15, 20 years of my life being bedridden or on a walker, not able to enjoy life. So with health span, the focus is on staying healthy to the very end of your life. And that, that going down period where, you know, the person is about to, you know, move on from this world to the next, um, that should be a very short period. If any period at all, we should be able to die peacefully in our sleep, but, you know, even if it's not, it should be max of a year, And that's what science is actually telling us right now. We don't, we shouldn't be in this 10, 15, 20 year period of being, you know, bedridden um, and disease ridden. Uh, Degenerative disease is no longer something that is mandated, you know, for so long we believed and, and I have people that I talk to and they're like, oh yeah, I have high blood pressure. And it's like, okay, well, let's work on that. They're like, you know, I'm 60 years old. That's just a part of life. 
And it's like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. But that's what our, our medical society has taught us. All the ads that we see on TV, it's all taught us that. So we just take a pill, but then that pill has side effects and that pill will raise your cholesterol. So now we have to take cholesterol medicine and then that pill has side effects and it just goes on and on and on and on. Yes. And you're, and I'm personally, I'm looking forward to the book because I think that would be a good guidebook for you to, to get rid of the sunset, your stigma and actually a health span. I like that word health span. Yeah. I wish I created it. I did not create that word, but I wish I did. That's exactly what we're all, what we're all striving. Everybody to is. And yeah. some people harder than others. Right. Absolutely. So why is that? Do you figure this is your life's purpose? Um, I really do. I really do. I, I want to get out there and I want to help as many people as I can. You know, I'm, I'm very niche in, in what I'm doing and what I'm teaching to people, because I don't, I don't feel it's my job to just go out there and teach people a general nutrition plan, because there are so many people out there who do that and they do it very, very well. Right. They don't need me out there to do that. They need people right. who are out there trying to put all of the puzzle pieces together and teach people to work with their bodies you know, for a quick little example, everybody's always sure. like, oh, well, what's the, what's the best diet out there that I should be on? And what do you do? And how do you eat? And I'm like, well, my plan is called a Robin And they just look at me like, what? And I'm like, I eat according to my body and you should eat Kellytarian. Right. You know, I agree. and I agree. every day could be something different. I've had, I've had times where my body is like, I don't want any meat. I am done with meat. Oh, absolutely. And I'll, I'll do that until my body says, okay, I'm ready. I want meat yeah. now. And when that <laughs> happens, I don't fight my body and say, oh no, we don't do that anymore. I'm just like, okay, let me find you the best, healthiest, most sustainable source for that. And right. I give my body what it needs. Yep. Always, of course, seeking out, you know, the, the healthiest version of any food that there is. Yeah, absolutely. Because and you do that, you'll find there that it's always going to be there for you. Because this is the other piece of this too. Isn't for me, you know, I'm love attraction is my thing, and I just think if you do that, like say you stay away from me for a couple of weeks or whatever that time, and then you come back, if you just sit there and back and you go, that's going to work, that's going to be fine. I'm going to find some really healthy source for me when this is when my body says I need some real protein, not this manufactured kind of protein, I'll be, it'll be there. I just, so I don't sweat it. Right. You know, and that's really healthy too, because I think that's, I think that's what they all need because people do something for an end end game as opposed to a sustainable lifestyle. Right. And I'm, when it comes to diet, I'm not very good at, and I know that and, but that said, I also know, like, there's things that I've added to it where it's second nature for me to have oatmeal every morning. Right. And that's been there. That's been my thing for years now. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good for it you. It's good. Yeah. Very good for you. And so now I put that into my wheelhouse. That's what I got to have. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, diet's always a hard thing because I really don't like food. Right. So. Right. It's, you know, learning different aspects of the food. Maybe, you know, your, your favorite food out there is waiting for you to find it. And that's part of the fun and joy and excitement is experimenting with different foods and different flavors to find out what is it that your body's really, really wanting. Yeah, that's the fun, funny thing about this new barista job that I've been doing for a couple of months here in Rockport. And it's taught me because it's not food, but, and it's coffee, but it's still teaching me how to experiment with taste. Yes. And which has opened up my world quite a bit. It made me go, wow, really? That goes with that. I didn't, I would have never thought that. Right. You know, like we that's have a awesome. drink that's coconut and caramel. Like, oh. Who thought to put that together? But every time I make it for somebody, they're like, wow, that's great. You yeah. know, so it's taught me to, to pursue that, even though one of my, my toughest things in this, you know, I'm 56 and most people, you know, would love to have my metabolism, but I'm always hungry. I'm hungry right now. And I've had oatmeal today. I've had toast. I've had, about, you know, I'm always eating. And so it becomes, for me, eating has always been annoying because I'm always hungry. Right. You know, people are like, you have a tapeworm or something? Like, <laughs> no, it's, this is how I've always been. But I do get a lot of exercise because, you know, I do ride my bike to work. So I do get plenty, five miles one way. So I get yeah, plenty of exercise. Really cool. So, But I'm always hungry. So eating has always been a chore for me because it's like, okay, I'm going to be hungry later. Or if I eat like red meat, which I don't do a lot of, you know, it takes a while for your body. There's things you learn that like red meat takes a long time to digest, whereas it does. You know, a nice chicken breast, not as much and right. not tired and all of those things. And that's what, where people like you come in, where show us how this works and show you what a Kelly Terrian would look like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, really learning different things about your body and how it's working and how it works with the sun and moon cycle and, you know, the circadian yeah, rhythm. Yeah. Um, those are all important puzzle pieces. Yeah, I haven't gotten into that yet in terms of the sun and the moon and the circadian rhythms. I've heard some people that has gotten into my vernacular as of late. So I'm trying to discover what that's about. It, you have a Cliff Notes version of it for my listeners and me too. I'd yeah. Love to well, you know, our bodies were created along with the sun moon cycle and we have adapted to that because I mean, once upon a time, way back when we didn't have grocery stores, we didn't have electricity. Everything we did was with that sun moon cycle and our microbiome that's in us. Um, all of our cells, our stem cells, Every single thing, all of our organs, they all run on this clock. And we need to learn how to work with that clock in order, again, to work in harmony with our bodies. And there's been some interesting science and research that's been done. Um, One of the ones that I absolutely love, and it, it helps people to understand it a little bit better, is there, in one of the research, they gave people the same exact meal in the morning versus giving it to them in the nighttime. 
same exact meals, same calories, same everything. And in the morning, when their circadian rhythm is waking up and the cortisol levels are, are moving and getting you going, the body was able to use up the calories, the blood sugar stayed normalized. It didn't have these weird spikes and drops and everything else It used it. Um, there was no weight gain. People actually lost weight when they gave them that meal as a dinner meal. So as a big dinner meal, same exact meal, their blood sugar spiked, never really came down. It stayed high. People gained weight. Um, they were more depressed. Their bodies were not functioning right. Their serotonin levels dropped down. And that is just as simple as saying, I'm going to have a good breakfast and then keep that dinner very, very light because your body is winding down in the day. And that's basically all circadian rhythm is. It's you're working with the sun and the moon and eating according to that high and, and then the sun falling. So breakfast, lunch should be your two big meals after lunch. It needs to start dropping down and becoming like tonight, we're going to have some salmon and a little bit of broccolini. And we'll probably eat about four o'clock. I don't like really eating after that, unless it's something extremely light, but that's Mm -hmm. for me personally. That's what works for me. Um, Robin Tarian. Robin Tarian. Exactly. That's perfect though. I I never thought of it that way. I've always known that, you really shouldn't eat after seven o'clock in general because that's right. it because you are literally winding down from your day and i never thought of it that way because i also thought and explain this to me and i'm, I'm kind of using your wisdom here but for my own purposes but like i get this mental thing when five o'clock hits it's like i shut down in terms of work and things like that. How do you figure out what works for you in terms of, does that flow into that circadian rhythm in terms it of does. when you're more productive? Cause there's times where I think I could write an entire screenplay after 11 PM, but I love sleep so much. I really do. Sleep is like one of my favorite things. That is something that they that. have. Yeah. They've actually studied that and they have found uh-huh. that People have the desire to stay awake at night. They get the munchies at night, but okay. yet the body can't perform. It can't digest. So no. that's one of the things that they're looking at is trying to figure out why is this happening and why are we doing this? And we're really thinking that it just comes down to habits. And once you start huh. developing those habits where you allow your body to kind of relax you know, kind of veg out and, and turn off the, you know, the blue lights that we get on our computers and our phones, we turn those off, you know, after, you know, a certain time after sunset, then you stop getting those cravings. You know, I used to have like mad cravings at night for just something a little bit munchy. And Mm -hmm. I just, I was like, okay, no more. I'm cutting that out. And at the very beginning, Kelly, it was hard. (laughs) It was really hard. But now it's like, I don't want it. And if I do eat something, then I can't sleep. I'm restless all night long. Um, You know, I've got a wearable that I I use. A wearable is something that tells you, you know, your your fitness levels and things like that. Very nice. 
Yeah. And this one, you know, it tells me my, my heart rate variable, my resting heart rate, it shows me how my body is recovering and I'll see if I eat something at night, my body does not recover very well the next day. And my, you know, your heart rates and your heart, your pressure, um, even your respiration rate is just wow. all screwed up. And that's like, you know, that's, that's affecting my entire next day, just because I wanted a few munchy calories, not because right. I was hungry, but because it was a habit. Yeah. And I think it's more of a habit, but how do you discern a habit from a craving? Um, that is something that is, you know, gotta be worked on a little bit. Uh -huh. um, no easy, easy answers from there. There's a lot of psychologists that have even looked into this. And some people say, oh, you know, if you get that, go for like a five minute walk or get your mind off of food, stop watching commercials with food. And if you're still really wanting that food after 15 minutes of not thinking about it, then go ahead and have something, um, make it a healthy choice. Maybe sure. you do a couple of berries, um, almond butter, something like that along those lines. Yeah, so it's you, a healthy. You, sure. But you also know what your body's going to, and it's just like the red meat to me, red meat takes a long time for your body to digest it. It, mm -hmm. does, it takes a while for it to break it actually down. And that's hard. And that's something I know, and I'm not a nutritionist, but so you would eat something. If you have the munchies, eat something that you know is light enough that your body can break it down quickly. Right. I would say that was kind Absolutely. of, not hard to figure out what those are now there's so much information out there and there are wonderful people like you that can help us become you know live a healthy lifestyle within the parameters of not only our work life and our personal life but also our budgets because i just think i i have a running thing with people because i think you know i think personally healthy food is prices are jacked up not because they cost more just because i think they do it just because i honestly honest to goodness think they do because i think it costs more to eat healthy food that said there's you know i worked at walmart and i was right by the produce section and we have a well they had a organic produce area literally mm -hmm. organic stuff yeah. and so and it was never that pricey so it's getting better now Five years ago, 10 years ago, it used to be very pricey. Part of that too is, you know, organic farmers don't get the same funding from the government that big major commercial oh, yeah. farmers do. Oh, yeah. And exactly. so it is a little bit more expensive and they have to, you know, the, it's usually a smaller mom and pop company for the right. most part. Oh. Um, so it is a little bit more costly to make this. And also in order to get FDA approved, it's a huge long process. I think it takes like nine years yeah, for a company to get right, to get, to get approved. Um, you know, so it, it can be more pricey, but you know, the main thing I recommend to people is find a local farmer's market Amen. and, you know, and also get I to agree. be, you know, become familiar with um, the EWG. You can even, you can Google them, the EWG dirty dozen list. And they give you these 12 foods are the foods that you should be eating organic always. And then if it's not on this list, then whatever, you can wash off any kind of chemicals, but like strawberries are always on their list, mainly because you cannot wash off 
pesticides off of a strawberry. And oh, no, that's kind of hard to do. It is kind of hard to do, right? So they yeah, give you this yeah. guidance. And you know what? If you can't afford organic strawberries, then don't choose strawberry. Find a kiwi or, you know, other fruits that work for you. That, yep. you know, that's not on that dirty dust your taste bud. Yep. You could, mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the kicker too, is I think you could, if you really want to find it, you'll find it. Right. And, and you'll find it and you'll find it on your budget through a farmer's market or whatever, just to make sure that you're eating a little bit healthier because, and I'll leave you with this because, and I got a couple more questions, but self-care is a big deal and you're yes. a, a walking billboard for self-care. You are, no, you've always been that way. As long as I've known you, which is going on, gosh, seven or eight years, something like that. You're one of those kind of people. And I, I know there's various camps on multivitamins and vitamins in general, and whether or not some are just placebos and some are not, but my self-care, part of my self-care is taking vitamins every day. And Mine the too. good kind. I do omega-3s. I do vitamin C and D3s and just a multivitamin and a couple other things that I know that are organic, that are good, they're mm-hmm. safe and they're healthy and they're good for me. Yeah. And that's self-care. And I build, you know, like those pill boxes that have Monday, Tuesday, Monday, I, every week. That's what I do. And that's Absolutely. one way just on the... That's to me telling myself, I'm trying to take care of you. Right. And that's going back to what you said, reprogramming that they know nutrition, that at least that basic level of nutrition is coming their way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, You know, I'm a big advocate for food first, but it's very hard to get every single nutrient you, you need from your diet. And so, yeah, I, I love my vitamins. I, I take a lot and because I'm, I'm looking at longevity as well as, you know, as soon as somebody comes out that, you know, I respect and trust and they're like, Oh, you should try this nutrient for this. I'm like, Oh, let me try it. And I always want to try it before I recommend it to anybody else to make sure, you know, it's not going to do any harm on me. Um, I'm usually always my first Guinea pig. Um, but yeah, I, I love my supplements and I've, I've even got my husband on supplements now, which he, he was never a believer. And, you know, now he doesn't go out on a trip without his vitamins. Good. Yeah. And I, I just think it's those little things. And if you can get a few of those little things going and those puzzle pieces going, it'll snowball into being like you with this, you know, glowing skin and happy energy and just also you're doing a lot of research you've blown my mind away on this podcast and your knowledge on nutrition and what's out there what's good and the simple things too because you made it simple it didn't wasn't didn't seem like it was too complicated to me and it's fascinating too because i expected us to talk about the entertainment industry and you went right (laughs) into nutrition which i thought was great because i'm like like i said i didn't know where we were going to how we were going to start or how we were going to end. And I've added a new question for my podcast. And this is a fun one for me because it's a new woo-woo kind of thing. But what color is your personality? Um, white. White? White. White has become a color that I am so attracted to. You can see I've got on a white dress today. Yeah. I'm My yeah. walls, everything are white. Yeah. Um, 
white is actually, if you look at the frequencies, it envelops every single frequency color that's available in the rainbow. It accompanies all of them. And is that right? It is. And so usually when somebody sees white, they perk up a little bit. They're happier a little bit. Um, and I love that. I love the idea that this encompasses every color of the spectrum. White it is actually all of it. Yeah. Never thought of it that way, which I like because that does make sense for you because you're never, you have no fear in trying something new. It just seems like that's always been your mantra. It's like, okay, I, I don't know something. I got to go figure it out. Yeah. That, you have that little discovery gene. Have you always had that? Um, yeah. I used to have, you know, a boyfriend that would tell me that my curiosity was going to take me down sometime. And I'm like, you know, a cat's curiosity, you know, cat has curiosity has got, you know, nine lives. So I must have more than that. Cause you know, look how much bigger than I am than a cat. And so I've yeah. always been like that. I've always been a very curious person and I'm never satisfied with, you know, that can't be done or anything else. Um, you know, out here in California, as you know, with earthquakes um, and volcanoes, <laughs> oh my goodness, right. you know, it's, one of those things that, that, you know, the normal person doesn't really understand. And I would definitely put myself as just a normal person with lack of understanding when it comes to earthquakes and volcanoes and all of that stuff. But I am a big connector with mama earth. Yeah, and I believe there is that, that synergy that's there. And my neighbor um, she's very much in the know around this area and she works with PG&E. So she knows where everything is. And so she's going to take me to a couple of major fault lines around here. And she's just like, why do you want to do this? I'm like, I just want to go. And I just want to lay my hands on the earth, right? At that fault line. And I just want to talk to mama nature. That's all I want to do. You know, we went to Costa Rica. I didn't care about all of the, you know, fun activities. I mean, of course I wanted to do it, but all I really wanted to do was go to Mount Arenal and go sit at the base of the volcano and meditate. And right. you know, some people, some people get so nervous at that word, Kelly. I don't really understand why, because they think meditation is some woo-woo experience. And it's like, no, just quiet your mind. That's yeah. all it is. And, and you can even not quiet your mind. Think of something happy. Think of something beautiful. You know, it's, it's just getting that stress and just letting go. And, you know, I like to do that with mama nature and just connect with her. And it brings wow. you just so much peace and it feeds you because we are so much a part of nature. We can't exist without nature and she can't exist without us. You know, right. she needs us too. And right. it's just, it's a beautiful experience. So I don't, somehow that connects back to being curious. <laughs> it does, but I love, I'm still, I'm kind of stuck on the fault line thing. I would love to hear how that goes because I, I'm fascinated by, I personally think everything is vibration. So what we see yes. is the vibration that our brain translates. Mm -hmm. So I'm fascinated by the vibration that you would get from just laying your hands on a fault line. That would be just, I mean, the St. Andreas one is the one I always think of because that's the yeah. big one, right? Yeah. You know, that's California. But again, 
California falling in the ocean and I, whatever. I don't think that'll ever happen because I just, I don't, sorry, but, but put your vibration there and just close your eyes, slow your breathing down, do a four count in, four count out and see, see what you hear. Yeah. Your mind's going to show you what you need to hear. Absolutely. And that, you know, from a metabolic standpoint, that switches you from, from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is where you find peace and relaxation, rest and digest. It's where you need to go for sleep. Um, A lot of times people can't sleep because their cortisol levels are just, you know, going through the moon and you need to, again, like you said, do that breathing, rhythmic breathing. Yes. You bring yourself down to that parasympathetic and just relax and let the body relax and do what it needs to do. Yeah. And I always go into my law of attraction, uh, which is my jam. It's like I, the cells being in alignment with your, who you truly are. And when you get to that relaxed state, you're aligning them and then they're going to go and do those happy things. Like you talked about, I don't know what the little word you called those little 30 trillion things that we have in it, but the microbiome, Uh microbiome. Uh Yeah. And getting them to just start rewiring you just a little bit, because I know that's working for me because I've changed. I'm doing that because that's my thoughts and my thoughts are vibrations and those vibrations and the story I'm telling myself is is slowly changing. Yeah. Not easy. Trust me. It's not, it's not, and it's, it's well worth it. Right. Absolutely. And it's one step at a time. Don't get frustrated because it didn't work the first day or even the first week. You know, it takes some people years to be able to really let go and, you know, having that meditation. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, Hey, take one minute out of your morning and think of 10 things you're grateful for and switch those up every day. Think of something different, you know, just 10 things. And that can be from, you know, I'm grateful for the oxygen that I have to breathe. I'm grateful that I woke up today. I'm grateful for my sheets and my snuggly bed. You know, it doesn't have to be some profound thing. It's, you know, I'm thankful for my dog. Yep. I'm grateful for my dog. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to add or anything like that? Do you know, want to tell people where they can find you and learn more about your coaching and learn more about all this amazing, you barely touch the service on the, the amount of wisdom that you have. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, find you? Yeah. They can find me on Facebook um, under uh, be ageless dot life. And that's also my website is www.beageless.life. And on Instagram, it's under Robin Lynn. And that's R B Y N N L I N a little bit different there. And um, yeah, everybody just, you know, feel free to reach out and say hi. Absolutely. You're a warm and kind individual. I knew that from the moment I met you. So and it's been wonderful to have you on today. And I really appreciate yes. this. I know well, thank our you. schedules were kind of wacky, but it worked out. It did. It did. And, and thank you so very much. I absolutely love what you are doing, Kelly. It is such a breath you. of fresh air. And it's it's not only 
something that's good for you, but it's, it's helping so many people too. They need to hear, you know, what you're discovering. Yep. That's, it's a little piece of the puzzle that you talked about. So Uh I'm grateful to be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here today and I, we will talk later. I'm sure as we always do. As we always do. (laughs) (laughs) Bye now. Bye.